0: I got some really encouraging words to say to you guys, actually, because we're on this new series, right? I guess, are you guys excited about this new series, right? It's like, who do you think you are? And it's not the sassy, who do you think you are? It's like, who do you think you are? It's like, no, who do you think you are? Our identity in Christ is so important, isn't it? To know who we are in Christ. And last week, we had an ID check, right? And the ID check was about our relationship. Relationship with who? It's our relationship with Father. The Father God, right? Because he is our Father. Our relationship with Jesus as our friend. And um, you guys went to church last week, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) I went to church online. I was on vacation, but I saw it online. Um, And then the Holy Spirit, our helper. And so this is so important to know these things. And we're just kind of continuing just telling you guys who you are in Christ. I think that's so important because so many times, which is great, we talk about Jesus. Of course, we have to talk about Jesus. Of course, we tell you about the great things about God, but then we don't know who we are, and I think it's so important. So uh, we're doing another ID check today, and the ID check is called renewal. We're going with the R theme, right, renewal. And uh, another word you can, you can talk about, renewal, is transformation. And, and so I'm going to break down the word renew for you guys. Can, you, can we be analytical right now and a little bit, you know, mathematical? I'm going to break down the word renew for you guys. It's re New. Huh? <laughs> You're like, really complicated. To, but that's, isn't that what Jesus does? Yes. That's a, that, Jesus is in the renewing business. Jesus is in the transformation business. When we were brand new, when we came out of our mother's womb, we were brand spanking new. Right? We were, we were perfect, right? You, come on, come on. You guys are just perfect babies, Right? Um, but then the world came, and sin came into our lives, and we made um, we made bad decisions, like that guy who went to jail. He made a bad decision, but he came to Christ, right? Um, sin came into our lives. We got beat up by the world. And then Jesus came along, and he fixed everything. He actually made us brand new, and I want to say this. Not, he didn't make us like we were before. He actually made us better than we were before. And that's what this word renewal is about. This is this ID check that we are renewed in Jesus Christ. I don't know about you guys, but that's a good word even for me for being, uh, you know, a a pastor, a Christian for a long time. I look at these things. I'm going to tell you three things, three things that the Bible says about you, your ID check, right? Who am I in Christ? Well, these are three solid facts, about followers of Jesus Christ and who they are. And you should know that. And they're, they're encouraging to me. That's been a Christian for a long time. And, um, and so let's, let's get into it. And the first thing that um, I want to tell you guys that you are in Jesus Christ and I am in Jesus Christ is that you are a new creation. Yeah. Amen. Celebrate that. Amen. You are a new creation. And actually, I'm going to get, can we get Pentecostal here? I'm going to make you repeat after me, right? I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to make every, every point uh, a personal here. So just repeat after me. I am a new creation. I am a new creation. That's what you are. And whether you believe it or not, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a Christian, if you are a follower of Christ, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, that is a fact. I'm going to tell you. And maybe right now you're just going, I said that, and going, I don't feel that way. I don't feel brand new, and, and I just want to share some scriptures. I have three scriptures in, my, in this new creation. Is how, how has God made us a new creation? Well, here's one uh, verse, and it says this in Romans 6, uh, verse 5. It says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we also will be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ, so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we also live in Him. Isn't that a great verse? I mean, there's a lot, I'm going to share a lot of good verses with you guys. But this is a, 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 a verse that says, we have died with Christ, right? Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, we, and we died with him. Our sins died with him, and then he was raised to life three days later. And in that moment, we are raised to life with him. That's the act of baptism. It's coming up. That's what we, we see every time, every month when we see a baptism. That's, what, that's the symbolic act of someone dying to their old self and coming up brand new, a new creation. And if if you are a Christian and you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you, on December, was it, 5th of the 7th, get baptized. Sign up right now, and we get to celebrate you. That's the celebration of that day. And what did Jesus do? What is he stating in this verse? Jesus, making us a new creation, he has um, disarmed the power of sin in our lives. He has disarmed it. Sin has no power in our lives anymore. And I, I know, for me, this is kind of a, a tough concept. Like, what, what the power of sin? What does that mean? And here's how I kind of came up with a description of the power of sin. Huh? Um, how many of you guys have ever had sick kids before? Or how many of or how many of you guys have been sick? It's like, everyone, yeah, I've been sick. Well, the closest thing in the hell that I've had in the last month is I had two sick kids. And they were puking. They were snotting, mucus all over, coughing. I would feed them food, and they would cough food in my face, and they were, they were horrible, and this is right before Thanksgiving, and you know, my kids had no choice to be sick, they, they didn't like choose, like, I'm just gonna make health, I'm a life hell for you, Tom, right now, right, they caught a virus, which actually Judah gave to Olive, thank you, Judah, and uh, and They caught this virus that made them sick. They had no choice, right? And that's how kind of sin is in our lives. Sin is this disease, this virus that has entered into our lives, and it causes us to have the symptoms of sin, right? We just go ah, ah, ah. sin, <laughs> choo, oh, sin. We have no choice before Jesus Christ but to sin because that's our sinful nature right? Jesus came along, and guess what? He healed us of that sickness. He, he uh, obliterated that virus in our lives. Come on. That is a good thing, right? I and mean, that's, that's how we live, and you're thinking, okay, Tom, but I, I still sin, and so do I. I still have sin in my life, but before Christ, I was stuck in my sin. I had no choice, and the end, re- end result of the power of sin in my life was death, says it in Romans, right? For the wages of sin is death. The sin, the disease in my life, the end result of that was me dying. Now I am with Jesus Christ. He has made me brand new. He has disarmed the power of sin in my life. And guess what? I occasionally sin. I occasionally choose to sin. But now I have the choice to go back to Jesus Christ, get back on my feet. Are you guys with me? And now the end result of my hope in Jesus Christ is not death anymore. It's life. And I don't know about you guys, but that's renewing you. That is a renewed, a, you are a new creation because of that. that. That is the option we don't have anymore. We don't have the option of death anymore because Jesus Christ conquered it on the, on the cross. I think that's an amazing thing. Um, here's another verse that says that we are a new creation. It's um, Ephesians 1. This is a very powerful verse, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 6. It says, so we praise God for the righteous grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in, in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And so what is, what is this verse saying that we are a new creation? This is what Jesus did, right? The first verse I shared, he, he basically, uh, he cut the power of sin in our lives, right? In this verse, he redeemed us, he forgave us, and he set us free right, he redeemed us, he forgave us, and he set us free, and what does that mean, right, he says right here, it says, um, in his rich in kindness and grace, that he purchased our freedom with blood, and, and I, I'm not here to water down the gospel, but this is the only example I can think of, how many guys go to D&B, not many of you, okay, Dave and Buster, right, Anybody have fun here? Come on. (laughs) I know you guys do. right, Dave & Buster, right? You go to Dave & Buster, and you got the skee-ball, and you got the basketball thing, and you got the shooting the bear thing. And what do you get when you, like, do pretty good in the games? You get those tickets, right? And so at the end of the night, you have a bucket full of these useless pieces of paper, these tickets that say redeemable, right? And then you look around, and there's the redeeming center. And so what you do is you take those tickets, and you redeem those tickets for useless items like erasers and plastic yo-yos and woo, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And like I said, this is the example I came up with, but the idea of redeeming, that's what Jesus did. And what, what did he turn in? Not tickets, not, not useless pieces of paper. He turned in his life. He gave up his, he gave up his life to redeem us. I mean, amazing, Right? We were in the sin center. That's what we were. we were. And he redeemed us. He pulled us up. I mean, that's, he bought us with his life. I mean, and that, that's an amazing thing. He redeemed us. And when he redeemed us and he bought us and he purchased us, he forgave us. He cleaned us up. Because we were dirty and sinful and perverted and all that. He cleaned us up and he forgave us by his blood, it says, right? He put a cloak of righteousness on us. I think that's such a powerful thing. It's this idea of a cloak of righteousness. It's like, I'm covered in his righteousness, which means none of my, even though my sin is, it's not showing. It's just, I'm covered in a cloak of righteousness. I think that's a mighty, that's a, it's an awesome word, right? And he redeemed us, and then he set us free, right? Like I said before, he set us free from what? The power of sin. We're free. We're free to choose now. Yeah, we're not slaves to sin. We're a slave to Jesus Christ. Are you guys hearing me? I think this is an amazing thing, right? Um, the third thing that Jesus did to make us a new creation is in 2 Corinthians 5. and I actually saw it in the baptism commercial. It actually has the word new creation. This is the New King James Version, actually. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. I love this. Behold, all things have become New. Right. I mean, I, seriously, I can just read these verses, and you're like, yeah, right? Something in your soul should be like, thank you, Lord. Um, but just to make it a little easier, how many of you guys watch overhauling? Three guys. I'll preach, to you. I'll, I'll preach to you three guys. Everyone can just turn off right now overhauling. <laughs> Come on. Uh, it's a great show, overhauling. I've said this before, but that's, these are the, I watch the same shows over and over again, guys. So I have the same analogies. Overhauling fast and loud, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, men's camp. <laughs> We're gonna talk about overhauling. Maybe I should have pre-sessed at the men's camp. Maybe I should have just saved that one. Um, but overhauling is right, they take these old, rickety-rackety cars, like old cars, like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, like cars that have been run down in accidents, don't run anymore, they've been stuck in some guy's garage for like years, and they're just rusty and moldy and just uh they take these things and they they take it and and they they take the bodies off and what's his name foos guy writes he's i'm going to do this i'm going to design this is what's going to look like afterwards they real and there's this, there's this one that i watched and this guy the car got into an accident so they had to take the body off they took to a frame to the uh, a re- realigning thing and they had these chains to pull the frame back into alignment it's an amazing thing they put a new body on new paint job they put air conditioning which they didn't have air conditioning well i'm not sure did they have air conditioning back then they have air conditioning in a 1950s car, right? Right? That, yeah, that's the air conditioning back then. Now they have better air conditioning. Now they have a better engine. And the whole thing about overhauling is, is that they didn't make the car back to how it was before. They actually made it better than before. Now let me tell you, that's what Jesus Christ does for us. Come on. We weren't like, we weren't like this. And he's all, I'm going to just regress. And I'm like, okay, go back how you were. No, I'm going to make you better than you were before you got air, conditioner, air conditioning now. You have a new engine. You've been overhauled. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now, you can change that point right now into I- I've been overhauled. Okay? You have been. You're better than you were before. And, and what are the things that are brand new? I was like thinking about, okay, well, like, you know, God, you don't give us new engines. You don't give us new air conditioning. Um, but there's that one verse, right, the, uh, one of the number one commandments, right, is to love the Lord your God with what? Your heart, your mind. your mind, your soul, and all of your strength, right? And these are the new things that God has given us. Don't you guys agree? Yeah. He's given us a new heart. And what does that heart mean? Is that now I can love God and I can love people. That's a big thing because before Christ, I know a lot of you didn't love God, and I know a lot of you guys didn't love people either. <laughs> That's right. You're irritated by them, right? Yeah, what a bother, yeah. what a bother people are, Right? But God is giving you this new heart, and you know people are still irritating. I have to admit. But now you have compassion for them. Now you have a, a love for them, right? But you, now you can. You have, now you have the ability to love God. You have a new heart. Um, what, what is he giving you? Uh, he's giving you a new mind. Right? Our mind before was, is, oh, uh, woe is me. And when something hits me, it's like, ah uh, no hope, no purpose, whatever it is. Now we have an attitude, a different attitude. We have a different perspective. We, we love people. We, 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 we see the bigger picture. When, when bad things happen, we know God is in control. We have a new attitude, a new mind. He's taken this old mind and put something new, right? Um, the new soul. What is the new soul? Well, let me tell you one benefit of being a Christian is you get to go to heaven. Eternal life with the Father God. I mean, let's just set it straight right there, right? A new soul that I can go and I can enjoy for eternity uh, being in God's presence, right? And even here on earth, our new soul allows us access, direct access to God, which really what didn't happen before Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's our new soul. Um, He's given us new strength. Now, what is that, right? New strength means now we have a new vision, A new purpose. I know a lot of people before they became Christians, they didn't have any purpose. Like, oh, what am I going to be when I grow up? What what am I going to do in college? What what is my life going to turn out? You become a Christian, now you have purpose. Now you have, now now God has given you a plan. Now God has given you, uh, he has, has great, amazing things that he wants to do through you. Now you have a vision and purpose. And the new strength includes you being filled with the Holy Spirit and receiving the gifts of the Spirit, healing, wisdom, Right? hospitality, right, teaching. You get all these, you get equipped, you get this new strength. I'm telling you, you got overhauled, right? Yep. So you are a new creation, right? Um, here's number two. Here's the here's number two thing about Jesus' renewal in us is that you have been brought near to Christ. Okay, we're gonna get Pente- Pentecostal again. I want you to repeat after me. I have been brought near to Christ. You have been. And whether you believe it or not, that you, you, know, you, you might feel like, oh, I don't feel too close to God right now. If you are a Christian, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have been brought near to Jesus Christ. What, actually, you didn't do anything about it, right? All you, did, all you did was take a step of faith, and then Jesus brought you, actually in Ephesians um, 2, it says this, Ephesians two thirteen states it very clearly. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through what? The blood of Christ. That's what happened. That's the great thing that Jesus did for us, right? To renew our, our thing. We have been brought close to God. Um, and the only way I can kind of uh, say how we got close to God is you just got a VIP pass, right? How many of you guys have ever been to like a party or a backstage pass where it's like very exclusive, I know you guys are pretty special out there, right? Come on. You guys get out in the world, right? And, you know, you get invited to something, you get the VIP pass or the invitation or whatever it is. And, you, and in, that's the only way you can get in, right? Um, back in the 90s, is that, that's weird for me to say, back in the 90s. I have to realize I'm getting pretty old here. Back in the 90s, back in the 90s, I was in a punk band. And... Um, I got, we had the privilege, and that was back in grunge, come on, (laughs) grunge, Um, and there was a lot lot of bands that would come down here, and we got to open for a lot of those bands, and uh, we actually got to open for Green Day, does anybody know who Green Day is? And so, uh, they invited us to open for them and play for them, and so we got to the gig, uh, it was at Andrews Amphitheater, and, and so we, you know, we have to go through the whole process of getting into the backstage area, right? And there was like a big huge bouncer, right? And we're like, hi, I'm Tom, how you doing? I'm in the band, I got drumsticks, here you go. Like, I was literally scared, I'm like, dude, are you gonna let me in? Like, what's going on, right? <laughs> You know, and the guy's all ochre, and, like, I get this full pass. It says VR, you know, whatever. I don't even know what it said. It says Green Day, da, da 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 and I get a little band, and I'm welcomed in. I'm just, like, it's, like, welcomed into this, like, oh, my goodness gracious. There's, like, tents. There's, like, catered food. I'm, like, ooh, this is, this is really nice. Not- like, it was like, it, it, it was, like, a little piece of, like, heaven. Like, you know, it's, like, all the people waiting for the concert out there is, like, waiting wait in the hot sun. I'm just, like, ah, sucks for you. Okay, you know. So we're in there, and uh, for some reason, I think one of the roadies or something had a hacky sack, and so we just started playing hacky sack. And so there was about, like, maybe five of us playing hacky sack, and I'm doing my stuff because I'm pretty good at hacky sack. <laughs> I, I am. I'm pretty good at hacky sack, and so I'm doing my, my deal, right? <laughs> you know that, right? And I look up, and there was Billy Joe Armstrong, the lead singer of Green Day, Playing hacky sack with us. I'm like, I'm playing hacky sack with Billy Joe, awesome! You know, I'm like, yeah, right on, I'm way better than him, that's cool. <laughs> um, then, how's this? Get this, I'm playing with hacky sack, more people are joining in, then I look up, how many guys watch Lost or watch, used to watch Lost? How many guys know Matthew Fox? All right? I look up, Matthew Fox. I'm playing hacky sack with Matthew Fox. And back in the 90s, there wasn't Lost. You know what show he was in in the 90s? Come on. Party of Five, I used to watch Party of Five every week, religiously, Party of Five. I was playing hacky sack with Charlie from Party of Five. I didn't even, seriously, I didn't even know his name. He was Charlie from Party of Five doing, take this hacky sack, come on, let's do this, right? I'm like, awesome, I'm playing hacky sack with Billy John. And and the cool thing was, and you're probably wondering, where are you getting with this? we got to talk with Matthew Fox, and, and uh, we got to talk to him. He's all like, hey, what are you doing? And we actually got to take him surfing the next day or whatever it is. We, got to, we took him to Kooloas, and we actually got to eat a Taco Bell and Kanyoi, and we're sitting with Matthew Fox. And, and the cool thing was is that he's just a normal guy. I mean, he really, really was. I mean, I know there's some celebrities that are like, you know, whatever it is. He ser- seriously is just a down-to-earth kind of guy. And we didn't talk about Party Five or him being a celebrity. We just talked about his life and his wife and getting married and, and where he lives now and all that. And I was just like, man, this guy's a normal dude. Now, what am I saying to you guys? You're probably wondering, like, are you saying to play hacky sack with Jesus? And I'm going to tell you, I actually am. I actually am, because think about it, right? We are welcomed into the, the presence of our Lord. We are, we are welcomed into the mighty King of all kings, Lord of all lords, which he is, which he is on a platform, in, on, on the throne, and he is worthy to be praised. God is worthy to be honored as king and worship, and as King of all kings, Lord of all your majesty. But the most amazing thing about majesty, about him, is that he comes down and he meets with me. And he becomes my friend. Did, did we not preach this last week, that Jesus is your friend? Right? I mean, that's now you know, Charlie, right? Charlie was party of five. Charlie. But he became Matthew to me and a friend, right? And it's the same thing with Jesus. And I'm going to prove it, right? I mean, do you guys remember the story? I love this story. Um, Jesus died. He resurrected. You guys know that, right? Good. Uh, and afterwards, he... Um, he met with his disciples, but he was, on the, he was on the shore and they were fishing and he said, throw the net on the other side and Peter realized it was Jesus and they came in and so all the disciples came in and what did they, what did they see when they came in? Does anyone remember what they saw? They saw uh, Jesus cooking fish and had bread for them. And isn't that, isn't that a cool picture of a friend that, uh, let me put it in simple terms, Jesus had a barbecue with his boys right? I mean, you just put it in the most simple, take the whole, you know, the th- whatever it is, he had a barbecue with his boys. The boys that he hung out with three years, they went through all of this trial and tribulation, and he hung out with them. That's Jesus, our friend. You know, it's like, you're thinking, oh, but he's majesty. He's both. Isn't he both? Yeah. And we're welcomed in into this privilege. Actually, in Romans, I want to read this. Romans 5, verse 1, it says this. uh, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us, now get this, into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We didn't do anything about it. It's undeserved. That's what grace is all about. We are in this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look Forward to sharing God's glory. And I think this is a heavy thing that, that as a believer, you really need to grasp, um, that we are welcomed into the most holy place. You are. You are allowed. You have a VIP pass into the most holy place. You guys understand what the most holy place is? Back in the temple in Jerusalem, there's three sections to the temple. There was the courtyard where everybody can come. Yeah, you can cruise and you go, all right, let's go. we've come to worship God, we've come to listen to teaching, awesome. Then inside the courtyard was this place called the holy place. And in that place, the priests could, um, only the priests could go in there and they could uh, sacrifice the animals, they can do all the duties that, that God pr- uh, prescribed for them and do all this thing for the forgiveness of uh, atonement of our sin, right? Inside of the holy place was the? most holy place. Or another term is the holies of holies. You guys know these terms? The most holy place. And this place was very closed off. There was a curtain. There was a, Actually, it wasn't like your, your window curtain. It was this thick, tall curtain that blocked off everybody from going in. And the only person that could go into the most holy place was the high priest, right? And the only time he can go into the most holy place was once a year. Now, if they messed up any of the Procedures or whatever that God prescribed. This is how serious the most holy place in the Old Testament was. If they messed up, you know what would happen to them? They would die. Actually, go to Leviticus and read a bunch of Leviticus. Right there was um, Aaron's sons, the priests. Right, they actually made a fire with the wrong wood. They they had some wrong wood, and guess what happened to them? They died. And actually says, Aaron, uh, be warned. You cannot go into the most holy place whenever you choose because if you do, you will die. It says that. This is how serious it is. Now, I want, I'm, the reason why I'm saying this is, isn't it amazing that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, in that very moment, the, the curtain that separates us from the most holy place was ripped in half? Was ripped in half Symbol, symbolically and physically was ripped in half so that now we, because we're cloaked in righteousness, because we are new creations in Christ, we can now enter into the most holy place without dying. Now I really want you to get this because the reason why I I feel really strongly about this is because it's affected my life as a Christian, is that I have a VIP pass, that I can walk into the most holies of holies is that I can worship God without getting burned, killed, or whatever it is, because I'm cloaked in righteousness. I'm a new creation. I can worship God, my friend. I can go- worship God, majesty, is when I open my Bible in the morning, I'm in the most holy place. When I come in to worship here, I'm not just getting warmed up by the good beat, which you guys don't. I know you guys come in here and worship right, right when you get, get in, right? That you worship, you're in the most holy place, you come into the most holy place that we're actually in the most holy place. In God's presence, that we're welcomed in. I think that's such an important thing. It affects your whole mindset that you have been brought near to Christ. Actually, I wanna um, accent this point by just reading Hebrews ten nineteen. This is proof of what I just told you guys. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place. Not the earthly temple, but heaven's temple. This is an amazing thing. We can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who, who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, Fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I don't know about you, but that's worth celebrating right there, isn't it? Yeah. That you've been brought near to Christ. The third thing I want to tell you guys that you've been renewed, and I hope you guys believe this because this is important as well, is that you are a saint. You are. You are a saint. And actually, let's do this. Come on. You know the drill. Repeat after me. I am a saint. Am a saint. Now, let's say it like you believe it. Come on. I am, I am a saint. I am a saint. You are. Now, I want to ask you one thing. What did you think when you, don't have to answer me. I'm not going to answer everyone's. But ask yourself this. What did you think right when you said that? Did you downplay it? Did you say not me? I'm not worthy. I'm not called. I can't do it. I'm not a saint. What are you talking You don't know my life, Tom. I don't. I do know the facts, though. The fact is, is that if you're a new creation, if you've been overhauled, if you've been brought near to Christ, then you are a saint. Fact, simple, and you, it, you didn't do it to deserve it. So I'm telling you now that you are a saint. And what is a saint? You're probably going, what, well, St. Patrick? St. Nicholas? What are you talking about? A saint is this, and I hope I, I hope I explain this well enough. A saint is something that is taken out of something, the world, and is, is, is separated for God's use. That's what a saint is, right? It's actually kind of the similar word to being holy. A, 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 a holy object is something, right, that's taken for the, the use in the temple it's a holy object it's a holy whatever it is it's a it's a it's a tool used to do the things for the lord you are a holy people and you've been taken out and put uh, be, and been de- designated designated for for God's use that means that's a definition of a saint are you guys hearing me okay that's you guys that's it's absolutely you guys actually in Ephesians 1 Paul right? He actually says it to the church at Ephesus. And he didn't discriminate. He didn't say certain people. He didn't say a select few. He says this. In a, this is a New King James version. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, right? He opens his letter to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. I mean, basically, he's calling people saints. And my point here is, is that everyone's a saint, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian right now, if you're born again, you have a Holy Spirit, you are a saint. Everyone is, right? And another way of saying saint is you're a minister. You're like, ooh, wait, you're taking it a step further. Like a minister? I'm actually a minister or a, a priest? Are you talking about I'm a priest or a pastor? Right? God's called you to do that. And actually, First Peter says this. First Peter chapter 2 says, verse 9, for you are, God, uh, for you are a chosen people. You are Royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. I've just shown you through Scripture that you are a saint, that you are a holy priest, right? You're a holy nation. And you're thinking, okay, how's that work? Um, how, how many guys know some saints? Let's. Anybody? Come on, Catholics. Anybody out there? Come on. <laughs> Come on, name some saints that you guys know, right? There's Saint Francis. Francis. Great one, good one. Saint Nick, that's the one I know. Saint Damien. Saint Damien from Hawaii, come on. Saint Patrick. Saint Teresa. Saint Teresa. Now how do these guys become saints? Basically what happened was they did great things here on earth and they became saints after they died, right? Like Saint Patrick, Saint Teresa, Saint Damien, right? And what happens was people recognize what they did here on earth. They did great things. Like Father Damien, he, 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 he ministered to the lepers in Hawaii, right? And they look back and go, that was a great thing. And so what happens, they put, they put them in a process of canoniz- canonization, okay? And to become a saint, to, it's a process of sainthood. And let me tell you, I look at these things, because there's, there's some saints I really, I, I've studied before that I've really researched, like St. Patrick. He's more than just the guy, the drinking, right? St. Patrick brought Christianity to Ireland. And actually, he, uh, he, because of that, another saint came out of Ireland called St. Columba. Anybody know him? He actually brought, he brought Christianity back to Europe. Go read a, a great book. or write this down. Uh, how the Irish... Um, saved Civilization Great book about how the gospel And how St. Patrick and St. Columba Actually did some great things But I want to tell you things about Father Damien Father St. Patrick St. Um, Columba These guys Before they were even made saints Before they were even made saints I know for a fact That when they were doing the Lord's work And where they were called They knew they were saints Are you guys hearing me? they knew that they were set apart for a purpose for god i am a saint now i can do the works of the lord they weren't saints when when the catholics just, i'm not if you catholics out there awesome welcome awesome <laughs> catholic, you know what i love the fact that the catholic church honors these men and women for god i love the fact that they do that because these are great these are great examples for us to go you know what i gotta be like that like mother Teresa. man like Father Damien, oh my gosh. I, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. These are, that, that's awesome what they do. But I'm telling you, we have to change our mindset that we have to earn our sainthood. Because you are saints. You're, you're a saint not because of what you did or, or deserve to be. You're a saint because of what God has called you to. Amen. You know the difference? And, and you're probably thinking, you don't know. You know what? You're a saint whether you're in your sin right now or not. You're a you're, you're saint because God has called you to a greater thing. He's going, you know what? I see you. I see my glory in you. I see my purpose. I see my future for you. You are a saint. I mean, it's an amazing thing. I mean, I'm looking around. Um, I'm looking around this church. I know some of these faces here. I'm looking at some, some pretty cool saints right here, right now. I am. I mean, I know some of the stories of some of the people here that they've been pulled out of some of the most amazing things that God has transformed their lives, that has that's renewed their things. You know, people that have, have been addicted to alcohol and drugs one day, and they were pulled out and, and are now ministering to the people who are addicted to drugs and alcohol. Pastor Ernie Hunt, for example, anybody? Okay. Right. One example, right? I know people who have on the brink of divorce— right? They, they, they come to Christ, and now they come together. I'm talking people I've, I've met in the last couple months, right? Right? Husbands abusing their wives, and they come to Christ, and they've, they're brand new, they're renewed, right? It's, it's an amazing thing. Rebellious kids. I was one of them. I've seen rebellious kids come into this, this form, and, and now I've been the junior high pastor. When I was the junior high pastor about 12 years ago, I don't want to say that, that's long, a long time ago, but 12 years ago, when I became the junior high pastor, I, I, I saw these junior hires. and you know what I see now when I walk into this church? It's an amazing thing. I see the saints that I used to minister to, now they're running the church. They are. Uh, and I think it, it's a cool thing. And, and I, I just I want to make sure that you guys know that God, God's transforming power is so mighty that he can take you wherever you're at right now. I don't know where you're at you're thinking, no way I'm a saint. No way I'm a new creation. No way I can be brought near to Christ. Oh, yeah, you can. By one step of faith and going, God, you are my Savior. You are my Lord. You are my, you are my, 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 my all. And he can take you out of that. And I think one of the, one of the good examples that I've seen in the Bible is, um, how many of you guys remember a story about the guy who was possessed by the Legion? Um, great, great story where Jesus was ministering, and he came to shore, and then there was this demon-possessed man. He was demon-possessed, not by one demon, but he was, you know, it says he was demon-possessed by a legion of demons, you know, like thousands of demons inside of him. Jesus, with a word, just cast him out, right, set him free, healed him, restored him, and um, the guy went to Jesus, and Jesus, take me with you. He wanted to be one of Jesus' disciples, And Jesus said, no, why don't you go home and tell your family about the great things that God has done for you. So you know what he did? He went to his family, and he went to 10 other towns and told people about Jesus. From someone who was demon-possessed by thousands of demons to someone who became a saint and ministered for the Lord and told people about Jesus Christ. Now tell me that's not transforming power. And that's the same power... That he has for you guys, and 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 like I said before, I just want to make sure that what did you think of when you said when I said uh, uh, when you said I am a saint? What what do you think? Did you downplay it? Did you say no, not me? And I want to tell you right now, yeah, you, yeah, you. God has such has such a great and amazing future for you. And doesn't matter. Don't worry about what you got to do now. If I'm a saint, oh, I got all this stuff to do for the Lord. Don't worry about that. Just be a saint. Just be someone that is a new creation. Just be someone that is close to Jesus Christ. Just be someone that is set apart for his purpose. I think that's the start of it, amen? Yeah, let's, pray. let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, I want to thank you so much. You've done such amazing work in our lives. I look around and there's this transformation after transformation, after renewal after renewal. I see the lives in this room. Some of these people have been transformed many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, and they've, they've done some amazing things and walked with you for such a long time. Some of the people in this room have been transformed um, a week ago or even yesterday, and they're feeling like, man, I've been transformed, and now they're just new people. And it's an amazing thing how you can take us from the pit. You can take us from the gutter. And you can lift us out, put us on solid ground, and make us brand new, better than we were even before, God. And I think that's an amazing, amazing thing, God. And I pray, Father God, that these truths would sink into our brains, that we are new creations, that we are brought near to you, that we are saints, God, that we would literally have those things ingrained in our brains.